What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. Super stoked to have DistroKid supporting the podcast. They're the go-to for digital distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get music into Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance. I really dig this company and I dig their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, artists, bands, DJs, performers, and any other creators that are recording music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. The best part about DistroKid supporting the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, which is absolutely huge, making their already affordable memberships even cheaper. So check out the link in the episode notes. I will put that there, or you can also find it in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Click that link and it will give you 30% off that sign up. Can't thank DistroKid enough for sponsoring the podcast. Let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it's deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels. Can't uh, stress that enough. And big thanks to everybody that's taken the time to leave those reviews. Appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, Stoked to have you listening. And you can find the podcast on Spotify now if that's your preferred listening place. And I've also been putting out some monthly playlist there, dropping those every first of the month. So I'll put the link in the episode notes for those as well as uh, the pre-order for the Dan Cable Presents 5-Year Anniversary. It's a program. Shirts are now available as well as some mugs. So all those links will be there in the episode notes. Stoked to get in to this week's episode, episode 246. Stoner Control is back on the podcast. Portland-based band who uh, came on a couple years ago, a little over two years ago. They were on for the first time and uh, just really been enjoying the music that these dudes have been putting out the last few years. And they have a new record that drops today, March 19th. New Stoner Control album, Sparkle Endlessly, is available everywhere. So if you dig the music that you hear on this episode, please go add this to your, your playlists and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, let these dudes 
know that you're digging it. I'll also put their uh, Instagram handle and social media stuff in the episode notes as well. So you can keep up with them if you dig it. But uh, always a cool opportunity to get to follow up with a band. Um, The first time they were on, they were complete strangers to me for the most part. So it was cool getting to... uh, to catch up with them and uh we didn't really dive too much into into band history with this one we kind of just dove right into the making of this record and what it was like uh kind of having to sit on a record for a year or so during uh the covid times trying to determine when the right time to put it out is but uh yeah i think this is just such a killer record and uh mo troper worked on this record who is uh an incredible songwriter himself and uh this other fellow brian who uh helped engineer the record as well and uh we get deep into all of that and just how mo kind of shaped the process a bit and uh just how this band has evolved and and uh you know just explore different creative processes to get the best songs possible and the best performances on on a record and i think uh they nailed it with this one i've gotten the opportunity to listen to this record a lot in the last uh couple weeks or so and uh yeah i'm gonna blabber all about it throughout this episode so you don't need to hear me uh continue to praise it but i do think it is uh pretty great and i'm glad that i got to hang with these dudes um this is the first time that i've gotten to have a band hang in person we got to do this backyard socially distance hangout and uh it was nice to be in person with people it's always the different energy that goes into that. And especially when you're talking to a band and you have multiple people, um, within the conversation, doing them in person is always, uh, where it's at. So I felt, uh, I felt fortunate just to like be around people in, um, in this fashion. So I hope more of that is to come and, um, yeah, man, we're going to slide right into this thing Uh, i appreciate you uh checking out the show if you're new to it um stay tuned for episodes coming at you every friday and now every other week i'll be dropping a volume of i dig records um in this feed as well something i've been doing with my cousin over the last year we just pick some records and do the deep dive on them so a new volume of that just came out this previous wednesday so volume 13 of i dig records is available we did this land of talk record indistinct conversations and ink record from 2013 called no world both of them are really great so check that out if it sounds up your alley and uh be back next friday with a fresh episode and hope everybody is doing all right out there the ups and downs of life things are heavy at times and things are really fucking cool and beautiful sometimes so hope everybody's hanging in there and hope you're finding ways to 
to stay afloat during these strange times and finding some uh, some positivity in your life somewhere. And uh, reaching out is a tough thing to do, but if you need to do so, I hope that you can find the strength to do it. And I hope that you can escape into this episode for a cool 90 minutes and enjoy this thing for a little while. And we're going to get into it right now. Episode 246, Stoner Control on the podcast. Such a fun hang with these dudes. And we're going to kick it off with a track off that new record, Sparkle Endlessly. And uh, this is a song called I Know I Slept. Let's do the damn thing.
This is like perfect timing. Thanks for getting this in. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great timing. Hell yeah. I'm excited for it to come out, man. It's going to be a big day. But we don't get to play a show, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anticlimactic. Very much. That's got a... That's got to kill uh, some of the the feeling of releasing a record. Yep. Got to be a little strange mm-hmm. doing it that way. It's been yeah. a weird year. Like yeah. We sat on this thing for a year, basically, before we put it out now. And it's, yeah, like to not have played any of these songs for the last like eight months. And then now the album's coming out. We're trying to get hyped about it. But like mm-hmm. we haven't played a show. We yeah. haven't played, yeah. you know, didn't listen to our songs in a while. It's almost like we're promoting like an older version of us, you know, right. it's like that's not, I mean, it's not that different from where we are. It's hard to say where we are. We haven't played in a year. I mean, that's where like, we are. Last time yeah. we did anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird because that's not, you know, the songs are old now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a lifetime ago at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. It's been interesting, like kind of talking to people over this last year that are kind of in similar situations where they're finally just like rolling out these records because everything's been putting out like put on hold so long and uh yeah it's just like yeah these songs are a few years old now or two years old we started making this record two or three years ago and we just didn't want to sit on it anymore exactly mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah it's been a weird because like i feel like there was a a real dearth at the beginning of covid like right when the quarantine started just music stopped there was nothing new coming out and things like that and then maybe about like the summertime, like early, like late spring, early summer, people started, like notable people started putting albums out and right. it started to become like, okay, this is cool. And then the summer got really hot in terms of like social political things. And I feel like at that point you just, like you shouldn't be drawing attention to your own, unless like that's the way you make a living. Like Unless you're Taylor drawing, Swift and you're yeah. just like, I'm going to take over this part of the world and this part <laughs> yeah. of the world. Yeah, if I'm you're famous, it's one thing. I'm going to play for everyone all the time. Yeah. Like, but if you're just Crazy. like some no one, it's like, I don't want to draw attention away from what's happening yeah. in the streets. Yeah. I hear that. But I also like understand why you don't want to like keep sitting on something. And hopefully like, at least at this point, we're maybe a few months away from seeing shows more consistently, hopefully. Fingers so, crossed. You know, hopefully you get to play on the record a little bit <laughs> Yeah, totally. off the release of it anyways. Uh-huh. And some of the yeah hype around that, I guess. That'd be excellent. I would love to do something like, especially if I don't know what is being said is true about adults being able, most adults being able to get vaccinated in a few months. So realistically, some outdoor shit in the summer could be feasible. Yeah. Yeah. It's been nice seeing even some, some of the local venues here, like Alberta street pubs yeah. been doing some outdoor shows. Yeah. I haven't made it out that. to any of those, but I think it's just nice to see that people are just like, yo, Mm-hmm. I'm playing a show tonight, and you can actually like come. It's not like a live stream. Yeah, like no, wear a mask definitely. and stand away from other people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I talked to a few people who have played shows outside. So like, if you if that's what you want to do, I, I don't I don't hold it against anyone who wants to do that for sure. I think it's cool that Alberta Street is like making an effort. I guess. Yeah, and I don't know. They got to find ways to to stay afloat yeah. themselves. Exactly. Yeah. As well, but. Uh, it's wild, man. It's been, I was looking back and it's already been over two years now since we did that first hang at oh, man. Growlers. Yeah, yeah. The basement of Growlers. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, that was a great spot. Yeah, it I was. loved that basement. It was, yeah. felt, it felt very welcoming in a way other venues don't. 
yeah, it's just was, as comfortable like playing a show as recording a, a podcast. <laughs> that was great. That was a that was a fun spot to hang for sure. But yeah, kind of tripped me out that it had been that long. Yeah, in a way that doesn't feel long at all. I yeah. feel it. So that at that point, because didn't we? I forget. Did we meet before? Bef- we played a show that you set up or something, yeah, right? We met a couple times uh-huh. before we actually did, did that podcast. podcast. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that was, I don't know, probably like six months or so after mm-hmm. Alone in the City maybe came out. Okay, yeah. Because it was February of 2019 when right. we did the last one. Okay. Yeah, totally. Okay. Man. So you must have, like, around that time then, you must have been working on some of these jams yeah, that definitely. are on the new record. Probably most of them. Yeah. I think learning to swim and open ocean were like the first two demos sam sent me and sent mike as well and that was probably just like maybe two months after that podcast Mm -hmm. and then you know i think uh, a couple other songs we were already working on Mm -hmm. like a couple a couple of the songs on the album i wrote like right after alone in the city finished like I think that happens a lot when you finish an album. There's like a wave. There's like a release of you. Like, I don't have to think about that anymore. So now I can. And you're inspired by the recording and all that stuff. So, yeah, the song Way You Look At Me is the first song on the album. And I wrote that probably like days after we finished recording Alone in the City. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. I was. uh, I don't know. I liked I liked your band before this record for sure. (laughs) But when I when I put this one on. You know, kicking it off with that that tune you're talking about, I just felt like right away there was kind of this uh, different feel and energy to it. And even like, I don't know, it's like 30 seconds into the song, it kind of opens up a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. in a dreamier way than I had uh, maybe previously heard on anything else. It just kind of seemed like uh, that there was like a different level um, of feel that was that was present in it. I definitely hope so. I think we we put in a lot more effort this time. It felt like a real recording session, not just like a a kind of like ragtag crew going in for like two days to try and bang out the songs, you know? This was like, no, we're going to take as much time as we need to get it right situation. Yeah. How, like, what did that entail or look like to kind of like dial things in that way? Well, uh, once we had Mo on board, like, um, I think we all really like, I mean, we're all huge fans of him, but, um, he's just a fantastic singer and like, I feel like he has like a real feel for the kind of thing that we're going for. So having him on board, like he gave us a lot of great feedback on like how to approach certain notes and like he's real stickler for like, yeah, that was a decent take, but I think you got a better one in you or like you try this. And um, he was really great for that stuff. Yeah. Like we, I mean, it's definitely the biggest departure, I think, from anything that we've done previously, but also maybe the biggest undertaking 
But yeah, like Sam just said, I mean, having Mo there and having Brian there as well, I think we ended up spending way more time just dialing things in and focusing on like getting the exact right take and the exact right sound every time. Whereas previously, we maybe went in with like a, a fast and loose attitude of you know, yeah. it, it's good yeah. enough. Yeah, for sure. It's like with the other records, were good enough. This one was like, no, we needed. It was never get good it enough. Right. Yeah. yeah. And even still, I think. There's always going to be moments you look back, you're like, oh, I would have played that part different, or I would have sang oh, that absolutely. a little different, or whatever. But it's yeah. like, <laughs> that's just how it is, I think. And it's this is definitely finished. the most, like, when I listen to this, I'm still proud of it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe just uh, dialing in, like, finding that, that really good balance between, yeah, capturing takes that have a lot of feel, but also with some technicality. Yeah. It's like the best. Them. Totally. The best takes doesn't necessarily mean you sang it like pitch perfect or, you know, we were right on tempo the whole time. Sometimes it's like the most the most personality is what wins over like perfection. Yeah. We also I think just having like having Mo there really did help us. There were a lot of times where we went in to the studio, like to the recording session with an idea of what the song was going to be. And then Mo, you know, we played it through and, and Mo just heard something that we had never thought about. And we actually ended up changing a few of the songs like on the fly and you know changing up you know for my part like the drum part but also adding things and and you know changing just the structure of the song yeah. as we were doing it so uh, that ended up taking a little longer hit the hit the listeners like with some context who for like oh, sorry who yeah. is and who sorry, Brian yeah, my is. Bad. and myself because <laughs> i don't really know who you're talking about either i can absolutely I can, uh, you know make my own conclusions <laughs> of who these people are right on uh, well, yeah, I mean, we're, Mo would be Mo Troper, famed uh, burrito fanatic, and also uh, power pop <laughs> local musician. Hell yeah! I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know you guys worked with Mo on this record. Yeah, yeah. So he produced. He produced it, and then Brian Harvey. How uh, fucking it, cool to have Mo Troper. Oh yeah, who's just like such an amazing musician and and songwriter. Oh yeah, definitely. That was a. Uh, it was uh, a, a blessing, really. Yeah, mitzvah. It was a mitzvah. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. He's he's a. Uh, tight. <laughs> he's really impressive, to be honest. I, I'm I think he's one of the best singers and songwriters, definitely in Portland. So that was pretty cool, pretty cool. And then Brian Harvey engineered and also produced it, and he's yeah. he's great. He engineers, or he, I don't think he's engineering out of Singing Sands anymore, but that's where we recorded it, and he was working out of there at the time. He was just a super nice guy, and yeah, we I think we're stoked to, that we got to hang out and get to know both of them. Did yeah. you guys know Mo at all before a working little, on the a, project? Yeah, a little bit, um, just through mutual acquaintances. Arya Mig, who's putting out the album on Sound Judgment. Um, Mo and Arya have known each other for like probably like fifteen years or okay. thirteen years at this point. So. I met Mo through Aria, and then, yeah, I don't know. We we I think Sam was the one who talked to him about producing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd been to a couple of his shows. I remember when I first came back to town. I think like in 2016 or whatever. Um, Charlie was showing me some stuff by Mo's old band, Your Rival, and he had this one song. I was called King of Bicycles, and it was just such a fun like. Had all these kind of kooky bicycle sounds and these great vocals and like yeah. it just had that kind of like you know pet sounds kind of fun but sad vibe and I was just like oh man this guy knows his stuff and that was like you know way before all the solo stuff and then 
you know, it's like that was like the starting point for me. And then just learning more, it just got better and better, you know. So, yeah. yeah, it was it was it was it was great to work with both them. And uh, Mo also mixed the album, and that was definitely the like uh, most involved mixing process we've been in been taking a part of you know actually, actually like sitting in the room and commenting well, so it's funny like the tracks we probably would have if yeah if we he started mixing it as we went into quarantine oh, shit. so mm-hmm. a lot of our discussions were either over zoom or through you know text message and but even still it was like very detailed discussions of like <laughs> Okay, this one this one snare hit. Like, I don't know, is that right? Can you move that a little? Or yeah, we would each send him like multiple page emails, you know, of, like our oh, thoughts sure on every fucking song. love that. Yeah, it's like, it was, yeah, we had like multiple back and forths where we just kept on telling him to make the guitars more chimey. Yeah. We we're just like, well, it could be a little more chimey, and then he's like, I don't think it could possibly get any more chimey. Like, that's not I, a technical <laughs> term. This Whatever. isn't real vocabulary yeah. for engineering. So I did it. That is, yeah. Yeah, that's a funny thing. I feel like we always encounter is like every band and every producer has their own language, right. their own argo. Right. And I feel like it's never the same and it never is technical. And so you have to kind of like, what is, what does chimey translate to in an actual yeah. sense? Right. It's like with a visual thing, it's like, oh yeah, it needs to be more green or like it needs to be more of this. But with something that's like an audio thing, yeah. it's so kind of ephemeral and it's hard to describe like, what is Mike's chimey? What right. is Charlie's chimey? Right, right, right. How does that compare to my definition of chimey and Moe's? Yeah. just like, uh, I don't yeah. know. He's got to figure out what stoner controls definition of chimey is, yeah. speaking yeah. in all this this code. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the best way is like just finding another example, like another song where it's like, I want this sound. I really think that's that the is way the best way, yeah. way honestly. Yeah. Yeah. If you can find another song that has the sound, that's the easiest way. But. Yeah, it's the only like thing that we all have as a continuum that we can all agree yeah. on. Which, like, you know, it's not that you want to, like, ape or copy the sound, but it's kind of like a frame of reference. Right. You know, just to know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Is it called a smoke rack? Hey, it's really there's, there's, I brought, I didn't know what the situation was, but I brought joints, so if anybody, you know. We are stutter control. Like, there's one for everybody. It's quarantine joints out I here. I started quarantine smoking a, a scene about a marijuana and it kind of tapered <laughs> off and maybe it's like the year anniversary I might just start smoking weed all the time again. <laughs> There's no pressure, well, you know. I just wanted to make sure everybody, you know, had a joint if they needed one. You are like you said, you are stoner control. Mm-hmm. Hey, we we walk the walk. It's, it's, <laughs> these guys aren't lying. It's, it's the real deal. We're not phonies. It's like man, I went to go see car seat headrest. There wasn't a car seat or headrest, man. Ugh. Uh, that band sucks. <laughs> Just kidding. Funny. Shout out. Carsey headrest. Come Shout on. Out. Show. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, what do you what do you think uh maybe compelled you guys to want to dig deeper into things like the mix on this time around and really uh present something different with this record? Um well personally I think the last album had a lot of potential if we would have taken more time. I, th- I like it still, but it, like I said, it sounds like a, a very, like, it's a rough, it's a kind of a rough recording. It's, we did, we got one guitar sound and went with it, and that was, that's the guitar sound on the album, you know, and it's yeah. like, uh, it's just hard, like, when I think about great rock albums, I don't think there's too many that are recorded in like two days, so, hmm. yeah, I was just thinking, <laughs> yeah. like, if we want to do something that's like legit, we might need to like approach it that way 
Yeah. Yeah. We actually did like this is the first time I think the three of us recording an album that we did like pre like traditional pre production where we worked on these songs, demoed them out, sent them to Mo, talked about them with him before we ever set foot in the studio, which is, I mean, it kind of flies in the face of our, like, again, our fast and loose approach to every previous recording session. Oh, yeah, we did not demo at all for the past two albums. Yeah. And, um, I think that doing that made it so Mo actually was at, uh, actually able to really give his two cents you know because he was yeah. familiar with it before right. the right. song like yeah. he was just walking in that day and and then he's trying to figure out yeah the songs and the arrangements exactly. and it's kind of unfair to the producer to like make them come in blind it's it's harder for them to do their job so yeah that made a huge difference and and just like we as a band took way more time practicing and playing these songs out live like the past the last album we we maybe played one show and it was like we played maybe two of the songs and then the other songs we had never played live before you know and i think that makes all the difference like letting really them grow in the live setting and the practice room yeah i mean the first two albums that you and i charlie recorded together i learned the songs like a couple days before and we went <laughs> in the studio and oh, so yeah. like with the tra- the trajectory of that to mm-hmm. like demoing them out and playing them for a year like going in with the producer and the engineer having heard the songs and not being their first take on it was i think it made all the difference yeah did any of it do you feel like any of you had to remove any sort of stigma from doing this much pre-production like you were sucking the energy out of something because i feel like that's a good question that could easily you know you know fuels the fire early oh, yeah. it's like the rawness of a project and whatnot and especially yeah. you know when you're digging into things that are more feel than finesse and mm-hmm. things like that but you know it just it also seems like you guys have kind of appreciate m- music with a lot of different dynamics and not just like the stuff with the feel but maybe some uh-huh. of the stuff with the polish and it seems like that's where this record to me kind of like came together a little bit more i think i think you're right on the money there uh, <laughs> yeah. but like so th- looking back on the first album or like like bum or those yeah yeah it's like when you're 22 or 21 or however old i was when that song was written you write it in a day and you're like oh i gotta call mike we gotta record this like right fucking now it's like everything just has to be like right now (laughs) when you're you know yeah young and i'm you know not that much older now but still like i feel like i have more perspective i'm willing to wait a couple months and for sure you made a few records now too right and put the time into doing it so yeah. Yeah, and like that was my first experience really playing in a recording session or whatever. So Yeah, and like that's like you're saying, when you're first starting out, everything is new. But the more you do it, you have to find different ways to get that same feeling. Totally. And so it's yeah. like, you know, we never done this before. Might as well do it. It'll be more fun. Like, you know, that's like the bottom line. Yeah. You know? I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I don't know. Just listening to it, um, Charlie, you were talking about how much you guys played these songs together, and that was like a big thing too. Of you know, just spending a lot of time practicing, and I just feel like that comes across too in the recordings. It's like, oh man, Stoner Control is like these guys are better as a band as they've ever been. You know, I think I feel like you can hear it like in all your playing, and I know you guys have all been playing a long time to like separately throughout your lives and stuff, but it just seems like this is the record where everything's really gelling and it feels like there's uh there's a lot of confidence in some ways 
mm-hmm. to the record, you know, and, and the choices even made. Um, and it just seems like everybody brought their best songs to the table, which is obviously like, you know, the fucking goal, obviously yeah. like, <laughs> from record to record is to like make sure. another better record, but should be, I don't know. It just in the fucking mix, just where the vocals and the guitars cut together in this one, just that, that balance again mm-hmm. of, you know, having some of the lo-fi feels to it, but also making it feel like a really kick-ass rock and roll record at times. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely like Thank our you, most Dan. mature. Yeah. Thank you. That's, 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 hey, that's it's the, cool, man. I've been like, I don't know. I, I listened to it when you sent it to me a few months ago mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then just the last couple of days and I've just been going really hard on it. And so that's I'm, awesome. I'm very, I've immersed myself in that record and then went back and listened to alone in the city today too just to like get some context and and i you know i know i'm bummed maybe things are even a little more polished than any of the records on certain songs Mm -hmm. so it's like it's cool to kind of be able to examine like it as a whole you know like the project as a whole and, and see where the uh I don't know, like where the new growth is or whatever. And just mm-hmm. the songwriting, I think is like really great from both of you guys on, on this one. You yeah. Know? I got to say, I was I like my favorite song on the album is open ocean. And I, when Sam sent me that demo, I was like getting on a plane. I can't remember where I was going, but I was getting on a plane. <laughs> he was going somewhere. And this guy's going somewhere. Jet setter, man. I was on my way somewhere. I had to make, I had to make a business deal. Make going to Hong deals. Kong. Yeah. Importer, no exporter. Yeah, I was going to Hong Kong. <laughs> then to Tokyo. Out of the open ocean, man. But, you know, when I heard that demo, I was just like, this is exactly what I love. And it's I, I, I love that song. You, I've told you that before, but yeah. it's my fave. And, like, that was really cool that, like... Uh, I mean, I mean, because we never really talk about the content of songs beforehand. It's like we're just like, here's the song. Talking to that. Oh, thing. sorry, Sam. So the so the people can hear your beautiful voice. So the people they can, can hear it on the record, and I want them to hear it on this podcast. Sam a hey. man of sound, <laughs> just like a man in the sound. Love it. Um, yeah, it's like we didn't really talk about what we want to write about ahead of time. But like the songs have a weird kind of way of kind of harmonizing with each other, like in terms of the content, and it was just like weird how it just happened. I, I think, mean, dude, I know it's so weird. It's like a symbiotic thing. It's like we didn't really talk about it. So like, yeah. I don't know if the list, like, if people pay attention <laughs> to the lyrics, there's like when when people get a chance to listen to it, um, there's a ton of like water and like nature in the lyrics. Yeah, like animals and. Like a lot of references to the ocean, I feel like on yeah. both of our songs. Yeah, it's a constant through line. Learning to swim, o- yeah. open ocean, way you look at me talks about the sea. I know you wrote, yeah. that, and that's another thing about this album, Sam. There's some co-writes on on it. Like it was, it was way more. It was less like, okay, you bring in this song and we'll learn it. I'll bring in this song, we'll learn it. It was like, I'll bring in this song and we'll like strip it apart and then put it back together. You know? Yeah. It was fun to mess with different pieces, like on the best thing, which is just released, right? Yeah, best um, thing came out yesterday. <laughs> yeah, check it out. The whole record will be out when this is out. <laughs> That's there. right. That would be yeah. last week. Yeah. Last week, best <laughs> yeah. thing came out. We're recording this in the future, man. <laughs> <laughs> the future. Um, but that song, I'm pretty sure you played it that night at the 
at Growlers. Yeah. yeah. At the Growlers. And I was like, you know, it was such a beautiful kind of acoustic song and you brought it to us to play as a band. And I was like, well, I don't want to step on yeah. like how kind of intimate it was. Yeah, man. Um, you know, so like, I feel like that song is really cool for me because it's like there's two sides to it and like they're both so good in their own way. Like, it's kind of like uh, when you play Uptown. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. you played that acoustic too. And Definitely. Like, yeah, we know. used to do that. So like, I, that would used to be in the show. Like, I'd do the thing where the singer does just a song, you know? <laughs> I used to do that I like a lot. The, yeah, dude. That's like the Springsteen <laughs> cool movie. Move. Like, hey, yeah. guys. Yeah, I'd make... I would grab a beer. Classic. I'd Classic. make Sam and Mike just sit there while I fucking play a song. Classic. <laughs> We'd stop and get a drink. It was a nice no, break. No, yeah. yeah. I like it. Um... Yeah, I liked how that one was, that particular song was captured on the record. I thought it was just like a really cool way to, to kind of deliver the ballad on the record. Oh yeah, it's you the know? ballad. Yeah, because <laughs> so it is, but it's, I don't know. It could have just been like a solo acoustic track, but all the character I think comes from having those those electric guitars and having mm-hmm. this this pocket to it. And kind of this thing that almost like feels like it's dragging in a way, in a yeah, good totally. way, that like matches the energy of the tune. of it i guess which i know was like i was i was doing a little bit of reading charlie and i i read that you know that was kind of like a thing though with this record mm-hmm. is you kind of like allowing yourself to like lean into mm-hmm. you know the sad boy yeah <laughs> totally yeah i was when i was working at mcminimums one of my coworkers called me a sad boy and i was really mad and I was like, what are you talking about? But then maybe she was right. <laughs> Calling a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah, she, she was perceptive. <laughs> but yeah, no, like on Alone in the City, I wanted it to be a kind of happier album. Maybe the lyrics were still like, you know, like slacker type yeah. lyrics. But um, the sound of the album is is like pretty bright. And like, it's not a sad album, I don't think. This one, I was like, if I need to talk about myself and my, you know, problems, I will. <laughs> so lean in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, and like with a song like Best Thing, it's like so, it's like leads it <laughs> so hard where it's like almost, it's kind of It's fun. so good, dude. It's funny. It's so good. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. There's a cool thing about like having listened to the songs and now having a year of perspective on the entire process. Like there's definitely... It was obviously all these songs were written pre-COVID, pre-quarantine, but it kind of captures the weird, just all the different roller coaster of emotions and feelings we've experienced over the last year better than I feel like it captures anything that we were experiencing in the year or two prior to that. <laughs> so like inadvertently, we wrote kind of a quarantine album before yeah. quarantine started. Well, that's a dream of any piece of art. You want it to last <laughs> and like, you know, retain its value, yeah. still be good. Yeah. 
It was ahead um, of its time, though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm stoked to like put this record on all summer. I feel like this is the Hell summer yeah. fucking yeah. record. It's like, the anthem because it's yeah. interesting that you like. You peg at Alone in the City as being like this happy record. Yeah. <laughs> because I think that this one is definitely more like the cool, oh, like I yeah. want to go on a fucking road trip with this record <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> or like I want to put this record on at the pool party in the summer, you That's know, amazing. or just like Hell yeah. hanging with yeah. people. You know, I think it's just like, it's a super fun Good. record kicks more ass than anything oh yeah else we've ever recorded, I, think. I mean realistically yeah. yeah i think it's kind of dancey too rockers. like you were getting into thin lizzy yeah on the tour yeah. and i was just like oh man this just like feels good man it it's translates just, man yeah well, we have more like big rock like power rock songs than any other album <laughs> that's uh because it's fun that's yeah. definitely in the notes man like the thin lizzy <laughs> thank you for noticing yeah. the thin lizzy Fuck i yeah, feel man. like spark like um what fucking jam was it i feel like it's the probably sparkle endlessly sparkle endlessly yeah kind of mm-hmm. makes me feel like I mean, that's the it's banger. this it's this thin lizzy like green day mm-hmm. in their in their heyday oh, yeah. like <laughs> this track needs to be on a late 90s teen movie by you know like can't hardly wait it's like the... this one just missed the, it's the bonus track like on yeah. the new the new remaster of it but like and then the solo on, on that track is, is really cool and yeah. and it's just yeah. like yeah i just love that you lean into the rock and roll moments on this record and like lean into like some yes. of those moments that maybe could be perceived as cheesy but sometimes yes. you know that <laughs> delivers well you can have the right amount of cheesy and then it fucking kills and mm-hmm. I feel like that's all over this record. And then you, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. We're putting a horn on it. We're going to fucking end it with a horn, man. Yeah, man. Have some (laughs) Yeah. But I think even that is like one of those moments on the record. Um, It's cool because I've listened to it so much today Mm -hmm. in particular. That's awesome. And when I was driving over here, that was maybe the last track I heard. And it was just like that outro with the horn and everything and i'm like Fuck yeah. yo this feels like i'm at a show like that's what the energy of that recording feels like it's Thanks high so much, dude yeah it's 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 very it's very fucking cool man Conroy's who played that horn section there an alien boy and ton of local bands but they came in I think I sent them a demo but I played it on guitar they had their trumpet and like within 10 minutes they're like okay I got it and yeah. um yeah man. it was so fucking quick. nailed yeah. it it was crazy and we were just all in the control room just watching <laughs> them play this trumpet part that <laughs> and then Mo was learned. like 
double it. Wait, <laughs> triple it. That's so good. Every time he added like another time, oh, it was yeah. like, it's like the space awesome. brain. It's yeah. like double the trumpet. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> triple the trumpet. Oh my <laughs> galaxy brain. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah, so was, good, that day man. was a lot of fun, man. It was like, just we, like yeah. I had never been a part of a recording session like that, where like yeah. someone comes in and you know just like totally takes the track to the next level. Yeah, man, there definitely seems to be like a different level of maturity of I guess of of the songs, but yeah. it's so cool to me that it still maintains kind of some of that that punk rock fuck you energy to me too. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, it's. Uh, I just think it was it was cool to see like songs develop with these second movements at times like thinking about uh learning to swim is one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that one kind of has like some of those dinosaur junior vibes. <laughs> but yeah. also like yeah, I think that's uh Sam like your vocal delivery on that one has a lot of character moments to it when you do the, like that learning part like the learning <laughs> learning like shit yeah. like that like yeah. i think those are like the moments i like look forward to oh, or yeah. or remember in the track but then that's also one to me that has like that really killer outro second movement where you really open things up with like here in the deep end with you when you're hitting that vocal line and that's just like such a rad moment as well Sam ad libbed so that. Yeah. He ad libbed that whole part. Oh man! Uh, no, but th- that's to me is like what that's the sound of this album. It's still a rock album, still a guitar album, but we took the arrangements in different places. Like instead of just first chorus, first chorus, and the song, it's like, well, let's do a completely different part. Yeah, you know, and that's a great like learn to swim. The whole song is like unconventional to me it's like what's the chorus i don't even know what the chorus is honestly yeah. it's not like yeah. it's not like clear cut any of it and then there's just this like crazy outro that sam came up with and <laughs> but i i love that i love it yeah it's got that whole like layla second half of, like, <laughs> whole we song. are constantly yeah. trying to make layla yeah it's, like, it's just the, the goal this is the second album that layla has been like heavily that's true actually referenced yeah. in uh, the recording sessions yeah <laughs> i think we achieved it a little more this time i think this time it actually sounded like Layla. Yeah. <laughs> i think it's like a fun thing to do because because like after the second chorus it's like there's like an obligation sometimes to have a solo yeah and sometimes <laughs> it's fun just to have like half of another song there and then you just end on that <laughs> it's just like yeah, i don't I, know i mean i yeah i think that's, that's guided by voices kind of weird like mishmash of stuff you know yeah i think yeah. it's really cool when you just 
break beyond any barriers of saying like you have to return to this other chorus or like you need to get back to something familiar like it feels good to like ride this thing off into the sunset in some other direction yeah (laughs) let's fucking go yeah (laughs) it's definitely yeah it's our most mature album i think like just in terms of what you guys were able to do songwriting wise i mean yeah like every other album we did for the most part followed that conventional pattern of the songs and this one i don't know i'm very proud of you guys thanks man (laughs) well um there was this I was reading this like random review we got by this random blog and they were just talking about how great the drums are in it. And I was, I'm not making that up either. Yeah. But I, they were just talking about like how the drums really carry the song. Do you want to read my notes? My notes that say that like Mike is the true anchor of this record. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And Mike's throughout, throughout the is whole insane. thing. Yeah, it's right here, Mike. Oh shit! I don't know I about this. I, re- I don't know about this review that Charlie's talking about. Yeah, I'm pretty about. sure I yeah. may have wrote that. <laughs> Mike has a random blog. He's Mike always Finsta. learns the songs way faster than either one of us. He's like already on top of it and usually knows his beats and like yeah. like where it's going to yeah, go dude. and like we're just trying to catch up. You yeah, you put together some killer yeah. sections on this record. Man, like there goes. was a moment on Sparkle Endlessly where Mike hits this drum fill on the tom where he just kind of like collapses like on the tom <laughs> and I swear we were all in the control room and like I would, I think I exclaimed like you fucking you fucking <laughs> oh, dog. Yeah. I call him a dog. <laughs> you dirty dog. <laughs> that is I still hold that that's one of my most cherished memories as a drummer in it's terms like, of bruh, like bruh. Yeah, just that that last, second to last fill on the end of It's uh, like where did that come from? Uh, I don't think you've ever sparkle. done that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just yeah, it just felt right in the moment. You know what other moment I like yeah. um as far as the uh the drumming is on elevator world and it's maybe in the middle of the song like maybe two two and a half minutes deep and you get into these tom and snare rolls going on but then after that it erupts into like symbol city yeah and like (laughs) that's just like such a rad contrast of things going on i felt like I mean, like low key, that is my absolute favorite song in the album. Just because, like, it, it, we, you know, we didn't release it as a single. We haven't talked about it anywhere near as much as any of the other songs. But yeah, like for me personally, that one is it's a thousand mile an hour song, and it's just so much fun. There's so many. It's like a weird time signature, and yeah. it has really abrupt changes, and it's for like it's a workout. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> but yeah, we we go from that interesting like drum fill, like Tom fill section into the rock and roll part where I'm just like riding on the crash, and it's that is. Uh, that's a, that's a banger too. It is. I could see it being a workout for you, especially. The, yeah. We, we had more workout songs in this album than any yeah. the previous album we did, I think <laughs> for me personally. Yeah. Well, and also Mike laid down some bass too. It's true. It's oh, first yeah. time Charlie did bass. some drums. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. yeah open so ocean. We switched it around. 
yeah, we switched. You yeah. may be able to tell the bass is really bad, and uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> that it might give it away. Not. <laughs> it was great though, because that one, like, it has like a different rhythm because of that. Because like, you know, Charlie's on the drums, and um, uh, I'm on the guitar, and Mike's on the bass, and like, it's kind of like we're all trying to still kind of meet, like, you know, on the beat. And so there's parts where someone's like a little early, or like a little eight, or like a little late. But then it's kind of like a choppy kind of ocean feel. Like I feel like it yeah. feels more, more like authentic to what the song's supposed to feel mm. like. You know? It, yeah, I think it really lives up to the name. And then in the final version of it, like the way that Mo mixed and everything, it ends up in like what he did to your vocals. It ends up sounding really kinksy. Like uh, to me, yeah. it has a real like Ray Davies sound to it. I thought it had a petty vibe to it. Too. Interesting. Okay, Even cool. Just the way it yes. cruises. Hell yeah. Like, so cool. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, um, I was the first time I played a solo in a while, but like, that one felt really good. Like, you know. Oh, it sounds good too, was, man. I'll tell you that. I was like pushing. <laughs> I think that was the only time that we used like a semi hollow body on the solo for that one and for In the Park in the Sun. But like, it's just like, it's cut through really nicely. But kind of like floats. I don't know. Yeah, Sam yeah. plays a few leads on this album. We kind of have different guitar styles, and he has more, he like knows more of the blues kind of stuff. So there was moments where it's Sam plays just really awesome leads, especially on Open Ocean, but also in the Park oh, yeah. in the Sun. Yeah, that solo really yeah. kind of it ties the room together like that. It really does bring <laughs> the song, <laughs> takes it to that next level, man. Yeah, and like it's it's mixed like almost laughably loud like yeah. that guitar yeah. comes it's in it's like a little so too loud but, but like, it's like it's great are you talking like are you talking <laughs> on in the park in the sun i'm talking the, open ocean, ocean. Yeah. Yeah. okay the, the guitar does kick ass in, in the park in the sun too though it comes in hot but yeah, yeah. that that's a <laughs> they yeah. both come in right? yeah <laughs> this whole album comes in hot. yeah in the park in the sun man and just overall i know i've like referenced a lot of bands that i think gives me similar vibes too um, which is, I mean, hopefully things that you dig. But I'm loving, I'm outside, loving all your throwing. But like, <laughs> outside of that, I do really think that you guys also continue to develop like your own unique like take on this indie rock genre. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you can, you know, it's like, oh, this, yeah, this is a stoner control song. It feels like right. it's becoming recognizable, which I think is fucking awesome because awesome. you have two Thanks singers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that that is a, like, can be a hard thing to do. It never mm-hmm. feels, I don't know if we talked about this the first time, but um, that we did the podcast. But for me, it just like never feels like I'm listening to some different band yeah. when we jump mm-hmm. from different lead vocalist. Yeah, I mean, Sam and I have a, pretty similar sensibility pretty similar vocal style um and i think that's like what sets us apart from like other kind of 90s style indie rock bands in portland like because there's a lot there were a lot of them there's probably a little less now but we have the two singers it's not just someone's one project you bring it in and kind of have your pawns to you know 
just fulfill your vision. It's like, this is, this is, yeah. a, this is now it's a band. It's not just, it's not just one person or, you know, one vision. Yeah. It really, I mean, not to reference another band, but it does remind me sort of of the Pixies. Like I've thought this for a while that mm. like, you know, it's a Pixie song regardless of whether it's Frank singing, you know, but I feel like you and guys Sam's do that. Kim deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to throw that in there, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, coming to those power yeah. power vocals and stuff. Who doesn't want to be Kim Deal? I mean, come on. Yeah, I would rather be Kim Deal. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, there's a continuum between all of their songs that you know it's a Pixie song, regardless of like what vo- voice you're hearing. Yeah. And I mean, I yeah, I don't want to assume, but I feel like we kind of hit that. Oh, you know, yeah. we strive towards that a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. There's way less. Uh, there, I don't think there's really any ego now. Like, I don't care about. It's just like, what's the best? And I would love for in the next album have even more of Sam's songs. I would love to have Mike sing a song on the next album. It's like, who gives a shit what... I'd like that too. Yeah, I think (laughs) in the next album we will have Mike sing a song. It's like, who gives a shit about making it just one guy's thing? It's like, it should be the best thing. If you have three guys... Mike's fucking the best musician in the band, hands down. Like, he should... It would be a disservice to myself to not have him be more involved in to the process. To hear what Mike's voice has to say else, oh. elsewise, outside of the guys. It's high I often say I'm the worst singer in this band, even though I sing the majority of the songs. I, yeah, that's extremely nice. But yeah, you guys, I mean, always vocals have been great, but this album in particular, I don't want to keep praising you two, but like, you guys take it to another level this time. And I'm, I'm in awe of what you guys did. Yeah. I agree. Like as Hell as yeah. the outsider, yeah. But again, I think it's it's a it feels like an overall thing too. It feels like you all took it to the next level with this record right in on. some way, you know. And and the songwriting is at a different level. And there's yeah, just those those risks that are that are taken um, in the park in the sun, man. Like having some of those heavier post-rock sort of sonic youth vibes at times with yeah. some of the guitars but then contrast with these great like pop melodies mm-hmm. and and then taking that that's another song that i feel like leans heavy into those like 80s rock thin lizzy vibes yeah, absolutely with, See, with yeah. sam's leads like vocal like yeah kicking in Sad boy, love yeah, but like yeah. with like a wimpy singer, basically. <laughs> it, yeah, this this album kicks ass. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like when Billy Joel goes hard rock. You're like, well, Billy, Billy. but it's the first and only Billy Joel. Uh, How hard can you go? Yeah. yeah, I think it's cool to like get that deep into a record. You know, five, six songs in, and still be having these moments happening where you can't necessarily like nail it down. It's not predictable with each track that's awesome some of them take different movements and you know one of those things of like yeah passing the lead vocal over at a you know at a point in the song i thought that that was a cool risk to take and and just like giving a song a completely different feel is that the first time we've done that where we both sing on a song we might have started it on uh uh 
Open My Heart. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah Which was the single. The you both did like fully lead parts, I feel like. I think or is so. that like you definitely did a lot of call and response, but. Yeah. I mean, either way, it's awesome. Yeah. I like having, like, yeah, it's nice having multiple voices on the track. It's like, you know, like, mm-hmm. it goes back to the Beatles and whatnot, like, just mm-hmm. having more. Yeah, definitely. More kind of voices. It just, you know, it feels more like a collective and it's like, you know, it's more authentic. Like, uh, it's less of a branding thing, like fucking Oprah. There's just like, you know, iconoclastic, like, you know, amazing people. Um, so you're saying that you, you like you're Oprah? <laughs> no, I don't, no, but you're saying because there's two singers, there's not just like one icon. Yeah, I think I'm kind of bad. We're all icons, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> there's not one icon in the band. It's, it's the only reason they're here. It's the only reason we're all icons. Hell yeah, dude. That's in no. that song too, though. Like in the park in the sun. I mean, not only does it sort of you know you guys really do share the the load vocally but that was another one that was like kind of the prime example of going into the studio with one vision of a song in mind and then we almost cut it entirely but like we played it and we're recording it and then mo basically pulled us into the booth and was like you guys need to change this this and this otherwise it's like this shouldn't be on the album <laughs> and so like it was like i mean at least for me on the drums i was learning the beat kind of on the fly and it ended up sounding really cool, but it's not the song we went into the yeah, studio. Not at all. Yeah, like, not at, I mean, I think you got a lot of curveballs on that one. Oh, that yeah. was it with the beat. <clears throat> that was probably the most. Was, Mike had to like yeah. really change what yeah. he was doing because there was, um, yeah, a couple parts that the drums completely changed. How yeah. how did you receive that kind of on the fly type of suggestions and? Um, changes that's a very good question or how did all yeah, <laughs> and you can all maybe answer that if that kind of happened throughout making this record yeah i mean i i think more so than and i i think this is actually a positive but like more so than any of the other albums we've recorded there was attention paid to like what i was doing on the drums not just like okay yeah go do your thing and sure there's the drums like that's fine but yeah. actually like picking apart what it was and changing things no one was ever like questioning what you were doing before right. on prior takes <laughs> yeah. it was prior records it was, it was just, like mike's just gonna do his thing and that's the beat it as it is yeah. and then we'll move yeah. on and, we yeah. decided this is the beat he decided this is the beat yeah he came up with that on that first day and that's what it is yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, I was appreciative. I think maybe there was, I'm not going to lie, there was a moment of resistance of like, well, no, this is my thing. Like, how dare you? Uh, but that was all internal, and I I tried it and then realized pretty immediately, like, oh, Mo's right. Like, he is 100% right because he's an outside set of ears, and it, I think it 100% made the song flow better. Yeah, what's you know? what's awesome about the drums on this album, it's like, it's really it's really technical when it needs to be, but it's also really simple when it needs to be. Yeah. It's totally... And Mike's always been this way to an extent, but especially this time, it's just servicing the song. It's not about, I need to rip a sick drum fill. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, you know, it's sometimes you just need to play the, a simple beat. And I think that's what that's what Mo brought to the table and it yeah. made the songs really good. And, you know, drumming's weird. Sometimes you be it simple. Is. Sometimes bands have a really simple drummer and they're great. Yeah. White Stripes, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, she's that's, that's the, the band. Yeah. Without her, it's not that band. No. Pocket feel, yeah, and like let let there be room for the vocal, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. let the you know let the let the song shine. But then there's a moment on like Elevator World where like I don't think a lot of drummers could play that part. Like it takes a certain level of skill to be able to do that. So there's there's both sides of the kind of rhythmic feel, and I think that's Absolutely. really cool. I appreciate that you guys give me the 
re- I feel like I've de- developed that ability or like that sense in this band more than I've at any other point in playing drums. Just sort of like knowing that there will be moments where I can shine, but for the most part, I'm there to service to make the song sound better or like to have that bed that it rests on. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. That's why we got to have more of those like a sick builds at the end. <laughs> so you can just go ham by the end of it. Yeah. Crazy fills. Yeah, I try. I'm on uh, That's always fun. Uh, learning to swim, the final four like turnarounds of that song, I do a fill every time. And I, I, I appreciate you guys giving me the leeway to just be like, yeah, do whatever yeah. the fuck you want in those moments. Like, <laughs> this yeah. is your mo- yeah. section of the song. I've yeah. fucked up the last one. I'll put that out there. But I still, I still think it's all pretty good. No, not at all. <laughs> I only heard greatness. <laughs> I appreciate that. that you guys appreciate each other. Hey, uh, there's a lot of yeah, love in this band. It's like just a ton of, oh, man, you're great going on mm-hmm. here. You know, but I haven't yeah, seen, I don't there, see these you know, guys a lot right now. Yeah, so. There's a lot of that going on, but also don't, think uh you always get the opportunity to like talk about this thing like something like this in this forum either you know or like reflecting upon the making of the music or whatever you know and maybe like just being prompted with different like it's cool discussions or even like hearing people's points of view about like the making of a record from for like the first time it's like oh i didn't Oh, man. I didn't know that happened. Like I was talking, to, I was talking to this band out of uh, out of Pittsburgh. They're called Same. They're a really fucking cool band. Cool. Right on. And uh, and one of the dudes was telling a story about how this particular part on the record get, got made, and and their their bass player was just like, "Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, what? <laughs> like when did that happen?" It's just like, "Oh yeah, there were like day. moments sometimes when like you were in the room and other people weren't." it is it it helps to have like an outside perspective yeah you're right we never sit around and reflect on i mean to the degree that we do it's not usually as uh self-reflective as as it is or just on the music but you know talking to you you're actually asking us questions that we would not have necessarily brought up to the three of us before Yeah, we appreciate (laughs) you having us on dan it's like we like we we don't really get a chance to talk about it especially now so yeah we are proud of it and we we're happy to talk about it yeah yeah Um, yeah. I was super pumped when you told me there was a new record coming out. Like, yeah, just super enjoyed last time that we got to hang. And uh, yeah, man, it was fun as fuck. That was a great, that was a great, uh, just uh, kind of conversation, I guess. Very natural. Yeah. yeah. And it's always, <laughs> I don't know, it's nice to get to do it. I always feel like the second time around when there's, you know, not. It's not better so the much second like time. Variable. They always say it's better that. the second time. <laughs> He's it's right. Better. He's right. No, just like there's not those, I don't know, those variables, you know. Yeah. I had not even, maybe even met Sam or, or Mike. I know like I had interactions with you at the shows. Yeah. But it might have just been a solo show that you maybe even played. Yeah, my memory's or no, I saw fuzzy. You know, I saw the solo show that you played, but I also saw the time. And I'm I'm blanking on his name. I saw the show that Sam didn't play at at the library at Growlers. So, Uh yeah, Zach Olson, who's our great friend in Joy Press. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh Always see that dude at Music Millennium. Yeah, Yeah, he's because I worked there for years. I'm there way too much. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That place is great. I gotta go there after this. I ordered ordered a record. (laughs) That pisses people off when you skip. Order your records before if you're going to Music Millennium. Shout out Music Millennium here in Portland. (laughs) If you're going there and you know what you want, just call ahead and place the order, and you pay for it ahead, and you skip that goddamn line, Uh and you're just like. 
hey i already ordered one it's right <laughs> yeah there. that's kind of Fuck like yeah. discouraged me from going in because i always see a line it's like yeah i waited yeah. once it's uh it's not great yeah. but i don't know no i i'm glad they are you know taking precaution and still you know for being, sure being yeah. um, i'm just stoked people open. are buying records right now yeah too. of course so yeah anyways not to yeah. divert too much but i did see those couple shows but i uh that that first podcast was really just like the first time to even sit down with any of you and get yeah. to know you at all so it's always uh i feel like it's nice doing doing them again when there's some uh some introduction already and like it was it's cool to just kind of like dive into the record heavy and oh, yeah. you know just yeah, talk about it. it with you guys since i have been listening to it so much and I really I like that only track. I feel like it's some lo-fi cure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely kind of a cure yeah. pastiche. That's what <laughs> you're going for for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. a yeah. That's definitely that's one of those things on the record that I'm like, oh, this is this is like a fucking vibe. This mm-hmm. is not something that's been present on a previous record. No, yeah, that was definitely something new. Um, like. I I never really used any pedals before, but I had a I have a chorus pedal, and that song just came together like that. It's really simple. It's like four chords or something, but with the chorus pedal, it makes it sound like a cool song, you know? So, yeah. Um, and I think there's like an acoustic guitar on that track that really makes it sound like the cure yeah but it's like it's perfect you know so yeah, yeah um, there's a lot of guitars on that one too yeah, right? there's a blue, you I like think crushed it with all the little leaves <laughs> like all kind of like it fit together like. there's like four guitars yeah <laughs> it's a lot of record throughout but maybe touch on different types of rock i don't want it to be like one you know like just the just the 90s thing right you know, i wanted to try and maybe do because we love all types of guitar music yes sir i probably listen to classic rock the most if i'm yeah. being honest i think i think that that's very like representative of what this record is of this like homage that. to every genre <laughs> of rock and roll and that's our like 80s like smith's cure yeah type Oh I don't Gosh. even uh, like. I don't know. I've never gone through a deep cure phase, uh-huh. um, and it's it's kind of cool to maybe identify it as that, but then also be like, oh, I fucking love this song. That's awesome. Like I like your take <laughs> on Thank that you. on what that genre <laughs> is. I guess it's funny to some degree. Like, so I'm a huge Cure fan, and then Andre, who I live with, is a huge Cure fan, and he's my sister's boyfriend, and we listen to The Cure all the time. Like, we'll play The Cure in the house. 
and it's re- recently been revealed that my sister hates the cure. And she's <laughs> no. just haven't said anything this whole time. That's amazing. <laughs> Suffering in She's silence. like, I'm gonna be honest. I really hate the cure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've like really ever sat down and listened front to back to much intently. Yeah. So I can't. I don't. I don't have like this dislike sure. for the cure. I just haven't had my moment where I'm just like. Yo, I fucking love this music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's some tunes. There's obviously some jams. There's hits. Yeah. You know, and the hits are great. I appreciate <laughs> the hits are great. Yeah, yeah. But talk about like some sad boy music, though. I mean, I feel like if there's oh like, next yeah. level, yeah, right? yeah. Like, well, like inventing. They've been doing it for a long time, right? Like, Emo's they fuck. have a deep catalog, yeah. probably. The Cure, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, like, say, I'd say, yeah. I'd say, I'd say it runs pretty deep. Like, where do you start? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's. I I feel like that one too because we we actually when we uh, debuted our previous album Alone in the City, we did like a live record live show recording, and we covered. Uh, the, oh yeah, what, what was the Cure song? <laughs> yeah. uh, just like heaven. Yeah, just like heaven, and that oh, kind yeah. of got us in the mood of like, oh, we can do this. And then oh, when yeah. Charlie brought that pedal, and it was like, oh shit, this is the like we can write that song that we covered. Fuck you know? yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun. That's at least drumming wise. That's what I was going yeah, for. I think I think it has the. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it has that exact that, that one cure drum fill of amazing. That's sometimes it's fun to just ha- lean, like you said, lean into like, yeah, I'm I'm fucking referencing the cure here. It's obvious. Yeah, if you fucking dig fine. it, yeah. Obviously, other people like it too. Yeah. So maybe they will like your. It was a popular band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was the first time that we both sang on a track, because then... You're right. I end that song. You do. I make it into a Taylor oh. Swift song. There we go. That's the answer. <laughs> that was the first time. Because they're like the same chords. With that nice like. mashup. <laughs> have a lot of like friends who aren't like you know super like music like rock you know people are just casual music fans and they're my they're my friends so they listen to the music they'll be like i was listening to you the other day but i it was the just like heaven cover (laughs) dude that's that's my dad's favorite song that we talked about in the car whatever hey man alien and farm did it with smooth criminal you can do anything (laughs) they absolutely made a better version of that song i mean for for a guy who listened to music at that time i feel Mm -hmm. like that was i preferred i don't know if i can yeah i can't stand with you on that one like i can't further that one i don't really like fuck with too heavy let's edit this part out actually you just like immediately said it was better so good uh, it's okay. that one was definitely better than the original I still respect yeah. you Mike <laughs> I don't know if I respect myself at this point closet alien and farm please <laughs> I mean to be honest that is the only alien and farm song I can you don't know movies just like the movies dude just like the movies amazing this is like this is like two episodes two out of three episodes mentioning this song oh really yeah <laughs> I, I like had That's this band spooky i had this band somerset thrower on from uh long island new york and um they they brought up that brought song up as well we were just they were really going in on alien ant farm and uh, pro or Pro or against? Against in, uh, in a damn. very uh, facetious way. It was uh, it was it was super fun, but I made a point of 
uh, cutting in a clip of movies while we were talking. <laughs> I, I had to. Like, I will no longer skip over these moments. Mm-hmm. That video is actually really funny, too. I don't know if you've watched the video. They also <laughs> talked about this video. This is crazy. <laughs> Dude, this is just going to become some weird, like, someone's going to start a podcast based on this podcast about <laughs> alien ant farm <laughs> now it's like dan cable is obsessed with it <laughs> <laughs> and then also i told them that i i went to high school with at least some of those dudes in alien ant farm oh, uh, they would they did graduate probably I like four years, there is a thing four years ahead here they're like probably like four years ahead or so so we didn't go at the same time right. but um Wow. Wild times. Wild <laughs> times awesome. out there in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone was... You went to school with like 10 different pop punk artists. Dude, That's just how real. Southern California is. Yeah. Yep. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> you went with the, the guy from something corporate and... Andrew McMahon. Yeah. Oh, shit. Not quite. Not quite. Just he was my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a lot of those early something corporate shows, though. <laughs> I, I actually really like something corporate. I'm a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I think they're cool. Um, it's cool, man. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the virtue of living in Southern California at that time, though. I feel like there were just bands everywhere. Yeah. Dude, it's insane yeah. just how many of those bands were on the radio, yep. like in such a small geographical area how much Southern California bands Dominated. and artists just kind of yeah. like ruled the radio. It was, yeah. Or like was Planet. Like, yeah. And, and like Rooney. Yeah. Like at least when I was in high school, man, all the girls were all about Rooney and I was oh, so really? jealous. Dude, I knew those guys in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they were, I remember partying Mike at the was there too, house. man. Yeah. Oh, really? You, yeah. You went to a party we with were the Rooney all there. Guys? Yeah. Hey, they cool. were like a few, like a couple years older than me, but like I knew those wow, guys. Wow, that's awesome. These are really cool name drops for Yeah, us. Rooney. <laughs> and, uh, These are very corporate. like, uh, you know, not dated. Yeah, yeah man. People are <laughs> super We aren't living in 20 years ago. <laughs> we still don't think it's 2003. Everyone's yeah. favorite band, Rooney. <laughs> Charlie is, uh, has uh, fucking with that chorus pedal kind of sparked more interest in exploring other pedals and just like oh, what a writing tool it might so. be for the future. Yeah, I uh, I don't get a you know a lot a ton of chances to play electric guitar right now, but like once once uh, I think we're gonna start practicing soon, and um, yeah, I also I have a delay pedal that I want to mess with, and I I definitely think it's a it's a cool tool tool, and you know mixing up your process is always good. So yeah, I'm I wanted I want to mess around with more for sure. Hell yeah, and. Uh yeah, what did you guys dig about working with Brian on the record? He, uh, he was an incredibly nice dude. Uh, I mean, just for start, like I showed up before the other guys the first day, and he and I sat there and just went through every drum piece that they had in the studio and just like tested them all out and built a, like a Frankenstein kit. Oh, that's he, so he and I sat there dude. for like two hours going through that. How rad to just like do that with the drummer? Yeah. Since every you know everybody in the band hates you on that day. Oh yeah. They're just like the first day is. The how long worst. is uh? Yeah, the how long is this rough. gonna take? Yeah. It's real fun for us all sitting here while you're oh. mic checking drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mic checking <laughs> yeah. and then like replacing totally. mics and then switching pieces out and Fucking getting brutal, everything man. dialed in. But once you do it, then it just runs. But yeah, that first like six hours of the first day is always. The stupidest thing. Yeah. All the setup, you're like, oh, I should tighten that third screw. Yeah. Like, you know, 
half a turn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've replaced all my drum heads the night before going in and then ended up not using a single piece <laughs> of my, my kit when we got there. It was oh, yeah. stayed up late the night before. And yeah. But no, Brian was incredibly nice. He met me there, like got donuts and coffee at Pips and then went in and just sat, yeah, like sat there and just focused on getting the right drum uh, parts together because he, you know, he, yeah. he knew all the pieces I that were I forgot you got there early. The yeah, no, that, was a, that was a fun time. Yeah. Memories, going down memory lane <laughs> No, here. man, it seems like it was just yesterday or 10 years ago at this yeah, point. Brian's a sweet, a sweet yeah. man, great Absolutely. engineer. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't know if he's still engineering really, but... Yeah, it was great to work with him, and he's a he's a friend. Yeah, I, I definitely absolutely. consider him a friend now. And yeah. um, he he like he we weren't originally intending on him being a co-producer. He was just gonna be the engineer. But as we started, it became clear that it was like he's also offering input on like the creative side. He's not just like nuts and bolts. Um, yeah. So it was like he was almost <laughs> probably close to as big of a factor as Mo was in a lot of the songs. Yeah, like he and Mo bounced everything off each yeah. other. They the worked part. really well together yeah. too and they were already friends so that oh, okay. that worked. Yeah. So they're already like a solid team and know yeah. how each other uh-huh. works. And yeah. that was real that was really nice and they, you know, they knew when to be like lighthearted and when to be like okay, let's let's go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He was a bit of a mind reader too like he sort of offhandedly was like the mentalist, you know. Yeah. He was well, a, like Brian he, is a mentalist. <laughs> Hell yeah! He had this board. He's like, yeah, like, like you know, I think it was the same board that they made that that like a Brendan Benson record, uh, uh, La Palco. And I was like, that was like one of my favorite records in high school. Like, you got to be shitting me. He's like, yeah, I just have it. Isn't it great? And I was like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he he and I had a weird mind meld of like really obscure movie references and things like that that he yeah. he just picked up on him like the only time in my life where I made this reference from the movie The Santa Claus yeah, the Santa which Claus. was like a 30 year ago movie and he immediately turned to me and was like Santa Claus he loves yeah. the Santa Claus I was like I literally have said this almost every week for my entire life and no one has ever picked up Damn, on that except for you you know what's funny? I never got it was the Santa Claus. Yes, you know, like the a, yeah. a clause and a it's contract. It's a claw, like <laughs> yeah. I, you know. Yeah. And then when that that night, I actually watched the Santa Claus, and it's funny it's as fuck. Because the law says uh-huh. if you kill Santa, it's you the have claws to Santa. in the yeah. Yes. You know when you put on the suit. Yep. Yeah. I just thank you. Mm-hmm. I learned There's that today. E. There are There's levels e. to the Santa. Claus. I learned that today. Dude, yeah. It's deep. The opening scene oh, yeah. for a Disney movie was originally going to be them killing santa claus and they had to cut it like you know that was how they were going to start that movie originally just i mean like you oh end up God. seeing a dead santa Claus, or you see his feet sticking out of the snow after right. having fall. i mean that's <laughs> for uh, like an eight-year-old that was pretty intense right Santa's that's corpse. like rocks your yeah. world <laughs> yeah i thought that movie i i watched that movie this past christmas i thought it held up really it fucking absolutely well. holds up yeah funny. also this is what i'm making the teaser clip for this episode it's just us talking about <laughs> santa claus you know that the, the clause is in the title <laughs> I 100% stand by I that still being a classic that Christmas joint, movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Tim Absolutely. Allen, he was yeah. funny. The, the follow-ups, the, the sequel's not anywhere as <laughs> good. Not worth your time. I can't endorse the sequel. Yes, I, do, I, I will not stand for those, but the first one, I stand that. That's amazing. That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Do you think it should have kept up with like the legal sort of jokes, like the Santa exception or something? Uh, every every title, every subsequent <laughs> movie is like a different uh, just, like, legal worse term. Puns as the Santa Voidier. Yeah. <laughs> Double Santa Jeopardy. That's amazing. Uh, that would have been. Uh, this is a really weird 
like left turn. But I, I see, I see that you're wearing a. It looks like a Penguins. Oh, I see. It's a different hockey thing. Oh, I see. It's like a local beer. You're league into hockey team. though, right? Yeah. yeah, I play and you watch know, a lot. this year the NHL has started putting logo or like yeah, corporate logos. First, first and you know year. what they call them? They call them corporate entitlement partners. Really? Or no, sorry. They call them helmet entitlement partners. Hmm. Which uh, the first time I heard that, I heard someone tell me that name and then describe it as the name of a uh, a guided by voices song. Oh. Like, this sounds like a guided by voices song. Now I cannot get that out of my head. Every time I, I hear that, like, I'll, I'll see like ESPN, they talk about that. I just can't get that, that out of my head. I'm like, that sounds like the kind of title that he would put on a song. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, it's what was Helmet title Entitlement again? Partners. Yeah. That's what the NHL is I'm sorry, one more time. Helmet Entitlement Partners. Helmet Entitlement Partners. <laughs> like, doesn't that sound like, like a totally guided by voices song or an amazing. album or something? Yeah. It's a hundred percent that. Yeah. Also, like official Iron Man rally song. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like what? Like what does that mean? Yeah. Like what kind of crazy lawyer corporate it's an speak? Ad. Yeah. It's, it's a, a fucking helmet yeah. ad. Yeah. It's a helmet a sponsorship, and you call it an entitlement, a helmet entitlement partner. I want to thank DistroKid for their entitled for being an entitlement partner for this podcast. Now, shout out to fucking DistroKid for being sick and sponsoring the podcast. I love DistroKid. Yeah. Um, I use DistroKid over over CD baby any day. Nice. Whoa. <laughs> Distro kid getting Get the supreme the supreme <laughs> shower right Star now. Control, it does endorse. Uh, you can go them. ahead and use that discount code in my link tree. Thirty percent off for all you people trying to make music and put it out on all the places it needs to be. You know? There you go. I guess uh, you don't want C D baby as your enemy though. No, I don't want I I have no <clears throat> I'm not here to uh, trash CD Baby. Mm-mm. I'm just here to show love for Distro Kid because uh, <laughs> they they're about this podcast and they That's seem awesome. to be very supportive of the uh, the independent, you know, musicians and creators. And seems like they do have like a really solid deal. This is a strange fucking left turn into like a <laughs> I weird told you it was gonna be a weird left Distro turn. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's official. Ad read in the at the you know the tail end of this thing but um, yeah, your podcast entitlement partner <laughs> <laughs> amazing dude I just assume this is like the roots of like the next like East Coast rap versus West Coast rap. It's CD baby be like District? CD baby versus Distro. Kid. CD <laughs> baby comes like after me, man. Beefing. Oh yeah, they'll send some dudes to break your knees. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're local, man. Yeah. Yo, yeah, they, CD they baby's in Portland, live. so they get heated. <laughs> they're they're there. They know where to find you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they do. I put music. They know my address. I put some stuff out. <laughs> so I think it's I think it's really cool, Dan, that you've started. Uh, kind of interviewing more comics and stuff i think that's that's yeah i've had a couple i'd like to have some more yeah i just want to have more different creative people i guess what do you think is there is there i've heard the portland comedy scene is thriving but i've I, i i haven't been you know to any shows so i don't really know yeah it seems like there's there's uh quite a few funny people here um this dude shane brendan Okay. I've got turned on to him recently, hoping to maybe have him on the show soon. But, uh, man, when I first got here, though, Portland was like a really this solid, yeah. seemed like workout space for people to get themselves to where they needed to be before they went to LA or yeah. whatever. I saw, you know, the tail end of like Ian Carmel being yeah. here, who's like such a good comic. And, yeah. And even. Man, this is where like Ron Funches built yeah. his his chops. I saw him live. 
Dude, yeah. He's, yeah, he's really funny. He's yeah, incredible. You know, it's cool to see <laughs> like people like guy? that. Matt Bronger. Yeah, Matt yeah. Bronger. I mean, shout out to like one of my favorite comics. Right you there. know, they really need to bring back Bridgetown Comedy Fest. Yeah, because I was about to bring that up, dude. Yeah, that was rad, and I only got to go once or twice, but it was, it was amazing, man. Yeah. I saw Reggie Watts that night, oh, and man. I think Reggie is like one of the most incredible people, like just on the planet, probably. Yeah. You know, yeah. just Music next level. Comedian. Yeah, dude. Yeah. At the last one, Patton Oswalt was there too. That's right. Like, oh my god. Dan Harmon so did that whole like Harmontown thing, right? I think so. Maybe yeah. that was the <clears throat> second to last one. We, yeah, we saw that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a trip having yeah. that many like talented like comedians or just anybody, I guess, like in that small of an area and kind of see them all hang out in a bar together and just yeah. hang in. Oh yeah, it's very cool. Hopefully that is one of those industries that can come roaring back once places are like venues are able to open after this. Like I hope helium sticks around and yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really, the they've spot, been hanging tough. Yeah. Helium. It seems like, and you had the, is it the owner? Of I had the manager, the manager. Uh, yeah. That dude, Nick is a really, really nice dude. That's that awesome. was, that was a fun chat. Just kind of mm-hmm. getting to, to hear about the club because everybody has seems to have so much love for that particular comedy club on the circuit, yeah, you know, like club. you hear big comedians talking about how great of a place that is all the time. And That's yeah, cool. I've seen a lot of stand up in a lot of, in, a, in quite a few different places and, and helium really is like up there for seeing a show. It's just cool. set up really well that yeah. room. So I, I, I've only gone one time, but uh, yeah, the, just the feel of the room is really great. Yeah. It's it cool. When they open, when everything, you know, hopefully it opens up to some degree a little bit more um especially if you're in portland you just go to that open mic that mm-hmm. open mic is is gold oh, man. it's amazing to mm-hmm. like it's so cool to see people <laughs> just like working shit out when they're first getting it going uh-huh. as a comedian what was that other guy's name who did the, the crowd work oh like, jake silverman yeah, yeah i had him yeah. on as well jake's a trip man I can't believe that his whole, he made a whole, I mean, I believe it, but his whole album is improv, basically. Yeah, it's a crowd workout. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, Yeah. it was cool. That's a a fun thing to check out. It's on YouTube now, too, which is obviously even better to to kind of get a visual on the situation. But yeah, Jake (laughs) Silverman is a local Portland comic. There's, There's quite a few, though. Like, yeah, it's definitely something I'd like to just kind of tap into a little bit more and like what better podcast guest than uh, a stand-up exactly yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> really someone that's gonna i don't know probably deliver in mm-hmm. in the communication area pretty well <laughs> and have a lot to say and a lot of takes on things i guess so just make it funny and it's just uh i don't know i like i like just listening to people's kind of fucking creative process and diving into that shit and just mm-hmm. like seeing how they're building things whether yeah. it's like in comedy or music or like even you know developing skills as an athlete or whatever the fuck like i'm just kind of interested yeah definitely you're you're like open to whoever to come on not yeah it's like musical guests <laughs> yeah anymore. i mean it's primarily a musical show sure and i'm about having as many bands and artists on you know from all genres to mm-hmm. do the thing and uh yeah but why not throw oh, a comedian yeah. in the mix every yeah. once in a while you know no, i think that's awesome shake it up a little bit um <laughs> i'm fucking stoked man for people to hear this new record though sparkle endlessly is out on march 26th 
Saturday, March, Mar- March 19th. Today. On Mar- <laughs> I'll redo <laughs> that take. Sparkle Endlessly is out on uh, March 19th, yeah. uh, which is uh, this Friday, if people are listening to you on release day. So I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can... Uh, can find the record and uh and keep up with what you're doing uh can't say enough good things about this one this is such a cool batch of tunes and uh i want to play the episode out with uh one of my favorite tracks off the record and uh it's control f Oh, yes. hell yeah. We awesome. have not discussed that today. Uh, that was all ball. That was the last one we did. Yeah, we weren't sure if it was going <laughs> to be. We get almost on didn't there. put it on. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I thought I thought this song kind of had like this really cool like almost Beach Boys punk rock vibe oh, yeah. to it. Like it sounds like a song that should be on the Tony Hawk soundtrack. <laughs> you know? That's that's high praise. Like that's where I want it. That's where I want to hear this song. <laughs> Most of my musical influence in life has come from Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. And it's like another one of those where I, uh, uh, when thinking about why I would recognize this this record as being like something really fucking cool for summer, is like when I, I think about this song, is like being one of those summer jams as well. Mm. Yeah, that one's like, at least in my head, it was just about being like, I work in um, health research, so you're just like, you know, looking up shit. You know, but then you end up like making these assumptions based on like, you know, you're just looking for what you want. And so it's just kind of like a goofy take on that, I feel like. And like it just kind of comes together to be like a weird kind of dancey thing. And like there's kind of like a paranoid kind of like a reset of the record because then it kind of loops back around, I feel like. Control F is the search function. Is that? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, it all ties together, baby. I got that now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah dude that one's another cool fucking vibe on the record so hell yeah um i appreciate you guys hanging out and yeah. chatting about your tunes and whatnot and i hope i don't know how are you guys feeling since you are a little uh a little removed from the process is it do you still feel like you have the same excitement of of putting out anything else that you've uh you've released up to this point oh yeah yeah absolutely i'm you mean about this specific release or in the future? I mean, just because you're, uh, like, you know, you talked about these songs are pretty old. You know, this yeah. this whole process is is kind of in the past. Right. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, what the level of excitement is, to, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in contrast to maybe something that you did get to put out and play a show and, yeah, you know, and didn't have to wait so long and, and sit on it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we would love to be able to do a release show. I can't lie about that. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm thrilled. I really want people to hear it. I think, you know, it's... I think if you like what we've done, you'll like it. So, I'm just hoping people will listen to it regardless of if we're out, you know, promoting it through shows or not. I mean, just the reality of what's going on. So, I'm, I'm, I'm just as... I'm probably the most excited, honestly, because I think it's our best one, so... I'm just as excited, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we halfway through recording, we went on tour and like solidified all the songs way. Like, I don't know. We went from knowing them and playing them and having fun to like playing them every single night and came back. And I feel like that really comes through like the, the cohesion and and joy we had comes through in the album. And so I'm excited to put out more stuff. We've already started working on a few other, a few new songs. Nice. Are you guys also playing as a four piece as much as possible now too, when you're playing live? 
Or like uh, I guess Dan. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. This is the subject. This is oh, subject. This is podcast. Is this deep? Is this deep? It's not deep because we love Zach and yeah. like we. He's an incredible player. And yeah, he, he just adds. Yeah. The, he adds yeah. a great thing. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. I guess like I maybe maybe we don't know really for sure. But yeah, I think having him involved is a lot of fun. We've enjoyed utilizing his incredible talents on yeah. the moments where. He joins us. He does things that you know, I can I can't do. Which yeah. is which is which is really really cool. Hell yeah, yeah. Right on. He's a great man. musician. Yeah. But as far as official, we don't really know. Yeah, you know. I was fun asking if trio. like if there was going to be somebody else in the band primarily, yeah. but I don't know. I just kind of like noticed some of the the things you had been doing in the the past year or so, or man, yeah. like the live stream that you did. That is true. Him. So was that just, was so much fun. That was like the <laughs> most fun. And yep. It made us all like think, wait, well, maybe just get another guitar player. And I've always kind of prided myself on the three piece style that we're able to be a real rock band with just three guys. Yeah. But then, you know, having another guitar <laughs> is just going to make it better. Really? I think so. For sure. Also, you know, with the uh, the collaborative mentality that you're right. trying to bring forward, I I also understand that it could be tricky bringing someone else into like the how that operates and whatnot. And of course, you obviously all have a lot of ideas just amongst the three of you. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing another set of ideas and can always uh, complicate things. Agreed. Yeah, there's dynamics issues to worry about, but Zach. I mean, like we play with him every single night when we were on the road, and like he would come on for the last two songs, and it just, it worked. Like it, it felt right. Oh yeah, so obviously, yeah. On yeah. tour, he also would come up for a couple songs. Yeah. So hell yeah. And obviously, he's filled in for Sam on occasion. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's he's great. And, yeah. Uh, That's a conversation for the next podcast. Cool. Yeah. uh, We'll Uh, we'll keep you updated. We'll do an Instagram live to find out. We know the listeners want to know. See what happened. (laughs) Uh, Sparkle Endlessly is out now. Check out Stoner Control. They're really fucking great. And uh, you want to send us out with a a Stoner Control? It's a program to uh, to properly end this thing. And. Congratulations to you on five years yeah, of doing well, it. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, mazel tov. I'm glad you guys are already a part of the the history of the the archive, and now oh, this yeah. is you know just the second time around. So <laughs> two time yeah. challenge going. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll do it again. That's yeah. the that's the plan. Hell that's yeah. the plan, yeah. Charlie. Okay, great. <laughs> Love it. It's, it's a, a program. program. Stoner control, everybody. They nailed it. Check out their new record. Check out their old records. We're going to play it out with uh, one of Sam's jams. This Control F. All right. Off uh, Sparkle Endlessly. That's the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland or wherever you're listening from. Cool. (laughs) Thank you.
want to give a big shout out to distro kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast can't say thank you enough to distro kid for their support of this thing and make sure you go into the episode notes and find that distro kid link to receive 30 percent off your first year of membership with distro kid making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you so make sure you take advantage of that and the link is also in uh, the link in my instagram bio on the link tree so you can find it there as well big thanks to distro kid stay up stay tuned <laughs> 